Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gombridge Podcast, episode 34. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clawson and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? Man, it's been quite the week for Gone Bridge. I'm excited to get into this thing. We are so hot right now, it is unreal. We might be hotter than the sun. I don't know. And you're going to find out later in the episode just how hot we truly are. We're hot. Although I will say this, I don't know if the sun exists anymore. I haven't seen it all week. It might have exploded. I can confirm that I have seen the sun a few times. It's there. It hasn't It hasn't blown up yet. I saw the sun for like an hour today, and then it dipped again. Not ideal. Not no. ideal at all. Anyway, yeah, we've been hot. We've been hot. We'll get into that later. Uh, Red Sox, however, have not been hot. Three straight losses to the Astros. As we're recording this, they're actually playing again right now. Christian Arroyo just fucking cocked one to left field and it's uh three nothing right now but um yeah offense is uh i think that was the that was the most runs we've already scored in the series off that one hit offense has been struggling i think we've combined for about three runs so far and we've scored three runs this game so we're off to a hot start in game four no we lost two to one yesterday so at least four runs Here's the thing, though, is that the pitching's the pitching's been good. Like Pavetta, been oh my, fantastic! My God, I I don't say this enough. I mean, if I didn't make it clear in my season preview prediction, I love Pavetta. He's my favorite pitcher on the team. But for him, for that to be his first loss as a Red Sox, like a little, well, how did that second run score again? Was it like a little old dinky? What happened there? I don't even. I don't even remember, but he only gave up what three hits in six innings, seven innings, pitched well. Offense just, I don't know, couldn't get it together. He's getting he's getting the Jacob deGrom treatment as the better pitcher. He's finally understanding what Jacob deGrom has to go through every week when he takes the mound, getting zero run support. Here, I got I got the stat line. Uh, yesterday he went six innings with three hits, two earned runs, two walks, and nine strikeouts. So, Is that good, Steve? That's pretty good. I'd say he, he, he too brought the good stuff. I would say he brought the good stuff. Clausen, getting your back to your point quickly. Um, people forget that Nick Pavetta pitched against Jacob Degrom and outdueled him that game. People yeah. forget about that. They don't like to talk about it. They don't. Jacob Degrom might have like a sub one ERA, but Nick Pavetta is the better pitcher. Jacob Degrom having like a point seven whatever. ERA is wild, wild, and he's hitting like over 400 right now. I know he doesn't have a lot of at bats, but no, still. I think that I think I saw the stat you're talking about. He's hitting over 400 when the batter in front of him gets walked. Oh well, that's that's oddly specific, but yeah, because like still... the other team is saying, "Oh, Jacob Degrom's up next. He's just a pitcher. Let me." Just walk this position player. Let's get to the pitcher. Jacob DeGrom's like, oh, buddy, what a poor decision that is. You made a mistake. Um, Man. Astros series, right? Yeah, the Astros series, man. Uh, There's not much to say about it. I just think – actually, we sent out a tweet last night. We're going to be reading off some of these responses and kind of giving our opinions on the matter as well. But 
the offense has just been cold overall. And I think we've seen now that if Verdugo, JD, Xander, and Devers aren't hitting, we're uh, we're kind of screwed. We're kind of screwed. Uh, yeah, I definitely. We... I definitely think that this lineup can get a little shallow. I think because that core group of Verdugo, Martinez, Bogarts, and Devers has been so good, you can get away with the other couple guys in the lineup not hitting so well. But when they're not hitting well, it kind of just highlights how the rest of the lineup isn't nearly up to par. So, yeah, we'll get into it a little more. But, um, yeah, when those guys aren't raking, the Sox struggle a little bit. It's funny. I actually read an article on a uh, website in my time. I'm a, for those of you who don't know, I'm currently a substitute teacher, and I have a lot of free time and just watching these children make sure nobody kills each other. So got my little Chromebook that the school provides. Great, Steve. What grade? Middle school. Yeah. 68. Oh. The, the best demographic of people in the entire world. They're not. There's nothing bad about them. It's like, Are you doing that all summer, too? I mean, school ends at a certain yes. point. But then I'm doing a, a summer camp after. Ah, so. nice. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a lot of free time to do some reading. Read, uh, a, read a book also read a lot of uh, sports articles online. And one of the ones that I read was ranking the top like 10 heart of the order, uh, like heart of the order hitters for each MLB team. And JD, Devers, and Xander were ranked number one. And unfortunately, since I read that, Xander has not collected a hit in a baseball game. <laughs> so that's a tough look. In his last 15 yeah, well- games, he's hitting 200. So you know who I think else? He's zero for his last twenty-three or twenty-four at bats right now. Like not, not good. Now. Yeah, and Kike too. Looking not at good. the looking at the stats from the last week, I you click on average, it kind of sorts the best to the worst players, and you look down at the bottom, almost identical stat lines here for Xander and Kike, both zero for seventeen, both zero for seventeen this week. Uh, not not ideal. I think that checks out to about a zero batting average, if I'm computing that correctly. Yeah. Just... We're not great at math. We're not known for our math skills, but I think you're correct on that one. All right. So, wait, you're telling me that zero divided by 24 is zero? I am actually telling you that. And, uh, yeah, is two plus six ten? Still is. Still is. Still is. <laughs> yeah, so this lineup, like you were saying, awesome can get extremely shallow extremely quickly if those three guys and Dougie to a lesser extent aren't hitting because Xander Devers and JD I think account for over half of our offensive production and currently I think over the past literally month like past 30 days Hunter Renfro has been our best and most dangerous offensive player he's been so good that is crazy. Don't you guys like what? Yeah. It's insane. Pulled through I don't know where it came from. Walk last night. He just roped us. He just roped a single, put Devers on third. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, lineup's not looking good. So maybe we should, you guys got any suggestions of what we're, what we're thinking or what's going I'd on? I'd like to hear the people's suggestions first. The people's suggestions of gone bridge. Uh, here we go. We've got a couple of responses here. 
first one comes in from Nick. This is not Ask Converge, by the way. Uh, first one comes in from Nick. Nick actually makes a really good point, and I kind of agree with him here. He says, Arroyo's got to lead off. We kind of know we have a lineup that can go very cold, so I'm willing to, to ride it out and make the coffee stronger in the dugout. I don't really so, expression, but I like Arroyo at leadoff. I think you could slide all the way down to the nine hole, and he could maybe act like a secondary leadoff hitter. Not a lot of people are a fan of that thought process, but personally, I think it can work in certain situations. Here's the thing with Kike is that I've said this before, and I'm not I'm not bashing him because I, I support him. I honestly really do like Kike, but the thing is, is that we have to know what we're getting with Kike Hernandez. We knew this offseason when we signed him that expectation-wise, he's not going to be like an all-star caliber player. I feel like people kind of made him out to be a little bit better than he was. And he's not having like a terrible season. Like he's good, but he wasn't like really an everyday starter with the Dodgers until like last year. Like he was kind of like that, that plug-in guy, which he still like kind of is with the Red Sox, but he's got much more of a regular role with us. Um and I mean, if you look at the Dodgers, you never look at that team and say, man, like Kike Hernandez is our leadoff hitter here. Um, so I think a guy like Christian Arroyo kind of fits that bill a little bit better. Um, again, I think Kike is perfectly like fine for, I really like him in center, but I think, I think the lineup needs a little bit of adjusting. Yeah. Gardner, to your point, I think that Kike, if he's performing the way we want him to, then I think he's the perfect guy for leadoff because I think he has a little bit of speed. He's got good contact, but if he's not doing it, then I think you got to switch it up a little bit and just kind of by process of illumination, Arroyo's that guy. You know, you want a contact guy, somebody who can get on base. Arroyo's hitting like 290 right now, so he's shown that he can get on base. So I'd like to see if they do move this the leadoff, leadoff spot around, put Arroyo in there. Yeah, a couple, a couple things to your point. Sorry, Carter, real quick. Kike, uh, if I think the best comparison I could make is if Brock Holt in like 2018 was an everyday player. And Brock Holt had pretty decent stats in his tenure as a Red Sox, but it was because he was an everyday player. So his at-bats were significantly less than that of an everyday player, not to keep saying that. But Kike, I think on the Dodgers – had stats that looked good on paper because of his role and he was comfortable in that role of a Brock Holt-esque utility type guy and now he's adjusting to a different role as an everyday player people thought he would be our everyday second baseman Christian Arroyo like you guys have been saying might take that spot I would also say that we need to be a little bit hesitant with how confident we are with Arroyo because while he has looked really, really good, his sample size this season is probably the smallest out of any uh, player like on this team. No, no, I agree with you there. And I mean, we've seen Marwin really good fielder, although he did have a bad throw the other night, which kind of cost the Red Sox uh, an insurance run. Uh, I think it was in the eighth inning, but um, good fielder overall. I mean, he looks really solid at second base, um, but I mean, man, his bat is just, it's cold and you don't see him playing today. Um, you know, we're still, we've talked about this again. It, it all kind of comes back to the same stuff where it's like, we're still trying to figure out who's going to be our everyday second baseman and center fielder and first baseman and 
some of these roles still haven't been established. Like Danny Santana came up. He had a good first two games. Like what's he done since then? I, he swings and misses at like more than half of his pitches. You know, you know what he, you know who he reminds me of just maybe a little bit worse. I definitely can't guess what you're going to say right now. Well, he's hitting about 163 going into today. And I do believe that Franchi Cordero never had a batting average quite that low. So, uh, yeah, I don't know who's on the Danny Santana train, but I suggest you hop off right about now. This man is not not a long-term solution. The thing is, is that I would like to see Franchi back in Boston. However, I am all in on this Wonder of Worcester thing. I am. So, he's, he's hitting 350 in Worcester. That's the Wonder <laughs> of Worcester, baby. I don't know what to tell you. I also want to bring something up real quick. I saw a clip that uh, Jimmy from John Boy Media, I'm sure everybody knows who that is. If you don't look it up, you're living under a rock, kid. He admired, essentially, the consistency of the Red Sox batting order and compared it to the Yankees' inconsistency. And he said he was extremely jealous of the fact that uh, J.D. had – 90-something percent of his starts in the three-hole. Sander, same thing at the four. Dougie, same thing at the two. And even Kike leading off. And I think that consistency is something that can benefit a lineup because you're comfortable there. And it shows that Alex Cora has confidence in his guys in those specific spots. That being said, I would keep the two through five order. Uh, Rafi at five, obviously. I would keep that part the same and then maybe the lead off like we've been talking about might need a little bit of a change yeah no and we saw that a couple years ago uh maybe it was 2017 where like john farrell every game was like mookie's leading off mookie's hitting clean up like it was like every other game like xander's hitting two xander was hitting lead off like it was a mess and i will say i do commend core for that been things keeping things the same i mean the bottom six through nine uh, will kind of shift around a little bit every, every game. But uh, I mean, for the majority, it's all the same. What do we got here? Uh, the Jake Odorizzi just got pulled after three innings. So, Yeah. I also want to relate this inconsistent talk to Eddie. I don't know if we touched on it a lot in the episode that was released earlier this week, but Eddie mm, not looking that great. So I don't know. Yeah, ERA in May is – I think it's in like the sixes or something. It's its really not good. It's not good. You know what is good, though? <laughs> What's good, Clausen? <laughs> Gone Bridge has a sponsor? What? No way. Are you kidding me? I, I hate, to, I hate to, to jump the gun on Ask Gone Bridge here, but you guys tired of getting off your couch to go to the grocery store? So hell yeah, I am. You guys, me? you guys have time to go gro- food shopping? No, not often. Kidding me? Well, no. Do I have the solution for you? Instacart. Instacart is an online grocery delivery app that allows you to handpick a variety of fresh foods and products. Forget that ingredient that you need to make your famous dish. Well, preparing to watch the Red Sox game? Order it through Instacart. With delivery straight to your door in as fast as an hour. That's quick. That's really fast. That's really almost, fast. Almost really fast. as fast as the first inning of last night's game went. Mm. With Instacart, you can <laughs> shop multiple stores, see deals in your area that will help you save money, 
and every item is hand-selected at the store to fit even the pickiest of needs. They'll even keep your most delicate items safe so that they're ready to enjoy once they arrive. Follow the link in our show notes, podcast description, to receive free delivery. Yes, free delivery. Your first order over $35 and to help support your boys at Gone Bridge. Instacart, never step foot in a grocery store again. Wow. Who would have thought? Episode 34. First, mark it down in the Gombridge history books. Episode 34. First ad, Instacart. Follow the show notes. I have. I didn't tell. I didn't. Pretty good. I'm uh, I'm gonna start using it now. I will say that. Also, I didn't tell you guys, but um, we have a second um second company who's sponsoring us. That's the presenting sponsor for this episode. Oh, ah, I'm I'm catching on. Do you? I'm not. I'm totally not catching on. I I think I got a guess. Really? What would your guess be? I mean, I don't want to say it and then I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, you're probably going to be no wrong. No free ads. The no free present, ads. Well, this is a fr- this might be a free ad, but this company is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, the presenting sponsor for this episode is Dick's Archaeologist Services. You think you've got a dead dinosaur under your yard? Call Dick to come dig it up. The process is painless as Dick, the archaeologist, will come into your house, drill through your floor, and look for the fossils. He guarantees at least a 10% chance of finding something, and pricing starts in the low 10,000s. Use promo code GOMBRIDGE at checkout for 1% off your order. Dick's Archaeologist Services. Who knows? We might find something. Yeah, Dick. Wow, what is going on right now? <laughs> that was fake. That was fake, by the way. I, I never would have guessed Dick's Archaeology Services. Tune in next week to see who is sponsoring our episode. Hopefully not Dick. Probably not Dick. Probably <laughs> not Dick. Anyway, let's get back to some baseball talk here. I'm sure the people are sick and tired of hearing us talk about Instacart and Dick's. Archaeologists. Yeah, the two favorite things to talk about, Instacart and Dick's. Archaeologist services. Don't forget about that part. Um, yeah, Erod's been, Erod's been struggling. Erod's been struggling uh i don't know what's going on i'm not i'm not nervous i'm not nervous but It'll it's a fine. little bit it's, it's a little bit concerning we're He's, at a the thing is yeah maybe it was the may blues might have been the may blues i personally i think that i don't know like a lot of the contact against houston was fairly weak but it just like it's just dropping in the right places um i think that as long as he can keep or limit the ball from going over the plate as much as he has been, it'll be, uh, it'll be okay. Look, I got some stats I'm about to pull out of my ass that I've read in the past week. Wow. These are, these are vaguely what I remember reading about Eddie. Eddie, apparently his hard contact rate is good in a sense where it's low. He's limiting hard contact. His Predicted average on a lot of the balls that players are batting against him is low. He's just getting screwed by baseball gods, essentially. He his ERA should in fact be lower than it is right now. 
I don't know how low, how much lower it should be considering he has like a six ERA right now. Maybe you can knock off like a point or two of that. He's still not doing that great. But Alex Cora is not worried about Eddie Rodriguez. I'm not worried about Eddie Rodriguez because Alex, Alex Cora is not worried. And there would be more reason to be worried about him if the rest of our starting rotation wasn't overperforming outside of maybe like Nate Evaldi, but he's been good. He was really good on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah. He's definitely like getting, getting, he's getting there. He's getting there. He's bringing the good stuff, bringing more of the good stuff. I want to quickly swing back to the lineup. We have two other uh, replies. This next one comes in from Axel. It's a sweet name. Uh, He says, it's just a matter of bogey Devers and JD all getting cold at the same time. If they're not producing, the lineup is screwed. They'll get out of it. So I think we already touched on that. And then the last one was from Emma. And she said, Kike needs to drop to seven. Put Arroyo on top. Leave the middle the same, even though they're slumping because JD and Xander will come around. Bobby just needs some time in Worcester. I want to see Chavis up to see some of his at-bats instead to mix things up um i mean i feel I like know, I don't all... go ahead no nah, i was just gonna say i feel like a lot of them made the same points uh with arroyo at the top but i know what you're about to say here i think they're all i think those are all great points i just don't know what you do about dahlbeck though nah, i think he's fine i think he's i just don't know where you put him because he's not hitting well he's hitting like 200 okay well what are he hitting against the lefties i'll check right now I don't know. It's just it's a tough it's a tough situation with Dahlbeck because normally, like if you had somebody who, if he was in a true battle for starting first baseman, you can just put him on the bench, send him to Worcester. But if you want to put somebody else at first base, you're putting somebody there where first base isn't their primary position. You're putting Marwin in. You're putting nice. Chavis in. You're putting somebody else. Danny Santana's played first base a couple of times, I think. Like you're putting somebody who's not a long-term or even short-term solution at first base. You're just kind of filling the hole to give Bobby a day off. Here's, here's the deal. I'm looking at his splits right now. Bobby D, before I get into his splits, I wonder what he would look like if he had some legitimate protection behind him. Like if Kike was more of a threat at the leadoff spot, maybe uh, Bobby's going to be more – Pitcher's going to go after him in the zone a little bit more. Uh, and then that might result in him getting like easier at bats, more stuff to hit. So maybe the nine hole is not really necessarily his greatest uh, spot right there. I don't know where you could put him where he could get a lot of protection unless you slide Arroyo into leadoff, like we've been talking about. Arroyo performs, then all of a sudden pitchers aren't going to want to pitch to Arroyo, start the lineup all over again. Bobby Dahlbeck, as a result, is going to get more stuff to hit in the zone. I'm also going to Go into the split right now versus left-handed pitchers. We all know that Bobby's way, way, way better at left hitting lefties. It's the way it is. We knew that coming into the season too, prior to him uh, kind of being a little bit of a letdown. But he's hitting 296 right now against lefties with a 321 OBP. That's good. That is good. That's so good. maybe, maybe, just maybe. If we had a little bit of a platoon going, you get somebody that can hit righties really well, not necessarily going to hit 
uh, lefties all that well. I don't know. Mitch, Mitch Moreland. Yeah. I was just thinking that, <laughs> but, uh, I wasn't going to say it because he's gone and it's not really uh, an immediate solution. So maybe the solution right now is to get a platoon going where Bobby doesn't have to face righties. Cause he's pretty much a non-factor against right-handed pitchers by a non-factor. I mean, he gets on base a fifth of the time. So that's not great. Not great. Steve, did you all. say you were you were in a split while reading that the entire time? Uh, no, those were his splits. Ah, gotcha. See, because and because he does the splits as a first a first baseman. I personally, yeah. Okay, right. I thought you were just like in a split reading that. I got uh, I got I got some other random ones. Runner at first and second, sitting five forty five. <laughs> Runners at second and third, it's only hitting one sixty seven. So maybe the key would be to move him up to like six, put him right behind Rafi. But then Rafi has no protection. Maybe we'll just tell him yeah. every time that there's runners on first and second. And maybe and you I... should just blindfold him. Oh, here's a good one. Here's a good <laughs> that's, one. That's a good idea. It's a good strategy. <laughs> here's, a, here's a good one. Here's a good one. Third inning, he's at 400. That's three ballgame stats right there. All I'm going to say is if Bobby Dahlbeck is sitting on the bench and not starting a game, once the third inning rolls around, if Alex Cora isn't pinch hitting Bobby Dahlbeck, I think that the streets of Boston may arise. As I continue to scroll through all of these very stupid splits that the MLB app for some reason provides you, there's literally what he hits at every single spot in the batting order. (laughs) Who keeps track of this stuff? I have no idea. Don't they have like day and night splits too? Yeah, they do. And like what he hits on turf. He's in- yep. Yeah. Oh, the turf, the turf <laughs> split is my favorite. All right. He's batting six. He's hitting zero. Has not gotten a hit batting six. I don't think All he right. don't put him at six though. once. Maybe no. he's just never hit he it. Six. He has. He has. All right. Uh because it wouldn't be here if he wasn't. Uh batting seventh. Point nine point oh nine seven. Not great. Uh, maybe Maybe find a different spot. Bat in ninth, one forty-five. But bat in eighth. Oh, bat in eighth. <laughs> you let me tell you guys. If you got Bobby at eight in the eight hole, most dangerous spot. That's where the best hitter on your team bats. The eight hole. My guy is hitting a clean three sixty. What? Woo! Clean three sixty. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So maybe I'll. Uh, I'll uh, dig deep into my contact book after this recording. Send out score a little bit of a screenshot of these splits. Be like, hey, bud. Hey, bud. You got Bobby in the eight hole in the lefty? He's Barry Bonds. I mean, I was just about to mention, I never saw Barry Bonds hitting 360 at the eight hole. So until I see otherwise... Basically, we're just saying that Bobby Dalbeck is the best baseball player of all time. And if you don't agree with us, yeah, right. right. When batting eighth, Bobby Dalbeck is the best baseball player of all time. Um, so yeah, just I would. Is he the second active Hall of Famer? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. All right. I need to see him get hit on some turf first. All I'm gonna say is, uh, one when whenever I wake up. Or whenever I see that Bobby Dahlbeck's hitting eighth in the lineup, I feel like the Red Sox are going to win that night. I'm feeling incredibly more confident. 
I'm keeping track of this from now. Yeah, on. I'm definitely gonna look at this now. I'm gonna keep an eye on this, bud. Who's Bobby was hitting ninth tonight? Uh, Mistake. I think. Yeah, come on, Cora. You know, you know what I bet Bobby oh, Dalbeck does. Sorry, Clausen. You want to know what I bet Bobby Dalbeck does when he sees that he's batting eighth? What? I bet he. I bet he goes home after after hitting three sixty and is like, man. Gonna make my my famous dish, but I'm missing an ingredient. You don't order from Instacart. It's a great idea. <laughs> great a, idea. Yeah, he already got pinch hit for actually this game, which I don't get. But wait, oh, today no, that was last night. That was last yeah, night. I was gonna I'm, say, I'm, on the, I'm on the wrong thing. Don't say. Yeah. Currently, though, Martin Perez. Martin Perez. Third, been, he's been minutes. efficient as all. As can no be. strikeouts, no strikeouts. Best sinker in the league. <clears throat> He's good. He's good, kid. Uh, Hunter Renfro with another hit. Brandon Workman's up on the big team. Brandon oh. Workman. Brandon Workman got called up. Uh, we're gonna have to open up a spot in the forty-man roster for him. I think that, in my opinion, the two options for that come down to either Colton Brewer or our good friend. Brandon Brennan. Hold on. I'm pretty sure Colton Brewer got DFA today. No, he got sent down. He got sent down. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. I'm going to look into this real quick. I don't think he did. But anyway, what's cost? What's your reaction to Brandon Workman being back on the big team? Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys heard this, but they kind of tied his hands, or he kind of tied the Sox his hands because mm-hmm. he was going to opt out of his contract if – they didn't send him up to the big league. So it was either lose Brandon in the majors and uh, they clearly didn't want to lose him. So they just put him in the majors. Otherwise I'm pretty happy that he's back. I think he can be a, at least noteworthy arm that can provide some, some good innings. So I'm happy he's up. I think he was a good pickup. I'm excited to see what he does. I think they, the eighth inning role is really starting to get carved out more and more by Ottavino, uh, the better he pitches, but we're not seeing starters go seven innings anymore. So I feel like having a true like seventh inning guy, you know, right now, I guess that's kind of like Darwin's in and Sawamora, but having workmen in the mix there too, like if he is still as lights out, even like 80% as he could be uh, compared to like 2019, man, like, I'm taking that all day. I already know he's going to be better than Colton Brewer. But, uh, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm all for this. I don't – I mean, who are we going to lose? Like, yeah, we're going to, like, lose Colton Brewer? Like, okay. I think, I think it's a good move. Yeah. Steve? Yeah. Uh, Gardner was right. Brewer did not get the paid. <laughs> misread that. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to work with Guy was good on the Sox. If the Phillies fans feel like they got absolutely fleeced, what a bunch of suckers. Nick Pavetta and Brandon Workman on the same 40-man roster in Boston. Idiots. Idiots. And Connor Siebold, too. Is he on the 40-man, though? I think he – yeah, he is. He's on the 40-man. The Phillies just gave us two guys. And Heath Hembray is off doing Lord knows what. I Like, I still – I don't think he's pitching right now, is he? Keith Bar Crunch. Keith Bar yeah. Crunch. Oh yeah, Steve, you still gotta pull up that that uh graphic from oh wait, no, Heath Hembry's pitching for the Reds now. 
pitching for the Reds, who's not the Philadelphia Phillies. So, they did the Phillies won the World Series last year? Did they? Yeah. No. Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. The tough scene. Yeah, remember when we did that entire like. Uh, <clears throat> I don't even remember what episode it was. We did like a long, like 15 minute segment on like the stupid financial decisions that the Phillies had made. Yeah. We roasted them. They deserved it. They definitely, definitely did. Um, what do we, we got anything else before we, before we progress into the back half of the episode? Uh, yeah. You got the itinerary class and we check all the boxes. Yeah, I just want to touch on something real quick. Swinging back to Dick's archaeology. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Dick's, Brett Gardner, that guy sucks. Yeah, I think he's actually the lead clientele man for Dick's archaeology services. So I believe it. Good, good man, chance he'll show up to us. If you guys didn't see it, he uh, he strolled up to the podium without a hat on, which is a horrible idea. The guy has a huge forehead, and he starts talking about how. Alex Cora being back in the dugout makes him want to beat the Sox like that much more. And he's like talking all this game and you do a little digging and a, the Sox Yankees rivalry has not been lively in like 10 years. I mean, it was lively for like two and a half months in 2018. Yeah. Well, actually and, most of the year, I mean, you had the Joe Kelly fight you had. And it was you know, a division playoffs. race too. It was yeah. a, yeah. it was a true Sox Yankees dog race to the end. Oh, let me jump in here real quick. Brett Gardner, the worst. Oh, absolute worst. Before I get into also, like, I do, I do just want to say I am not related to him. I'm not related to him, so no slander towards me, please. Thank Christ. But before I get into what he said, Brett Gardner just stinks. That guy just stinks. Like, dude thinks he's Mister Yankee. He's like, I'm the longest tenured New York Yankee. He hates fun. He hates players' weekend jerseys. He hates the tops of dugouts as well and you know what he also hates he also hates hitting the baseball he's hitting like 180 this year he's hated that he has, so he has zero rbis he has negative war dude this guy he's like yanks not the yankee way to have player names on the back of the jerseys like players weekends bogus i don't want to participate in that like dude you shouldn't be participating in any baseball game ever you suck and then as far as what he said today like we hate them and they, or they don't like us and we don't like them. Like buddy in 2018 two nobodies on like the roster, Joe Kelly, I guess had a way more significant role than Tyler Austin, but like who the hell is Tyler Austin? Like that I wasn't even a rivalry. That was Tyler yeah. Austin. like making like throwing a hissy fit for no reason. Look, what are you talking about? Brett Gardner. You're trying to make something that's not there because you want all the attention on you. You're saying dumb stuff like this. I hate you. You stink. Uh- Tyler Austin in 2018 was promptly traded to the Minnesota Twins, proceeded to play for three teams in 2019, and is now playing baseball overseas somewhere. So big man, yeah. Actually, shout out Tyler that. Austin. <laughs> um, we the fact the fact that it is June 3rd, it's June 3rd, and we haven't even seen the Yankees yet is wild. It's Crazy. wild. And I want I want to make one point. Normally. The Sox lineup slumping right before a Yankees series wouldn't or would concern me because usually the Yankees put up good numbers on offense. However, they've scored less runs this year than or I think they've I was looking at some numbers. They don't score runs. They've scored like three runs a game for like 30 games. Yeah, no, I think 
they've got like the um they're tied with like the Orioles in most most games with like three runs or less scored. Is that good? That's not good, Steve. Uh, not good. Wasn't sure. It's a lot of research going on in this episode right now. A lot of we're a lot of banging banging keys right now. I'm pulling up some numbers. I was looking at this a couple of days ago. Let me let me find something here. Some figures here, some right. figures there. Yeah. Did you guys know that the New York Yankees have scored the second least amount of runs in the entire American League? Second. Only ahead, second least. Wow. They are only ahead of the Detroit Tigers. They've scored 211 runs, and the Red Sox have scored 271 runs. And the Yankees have played one extra game than the Red Sox. Before the season, John Boy uh, said, whoever gets swept by the Tigers is not going to the playoffs this year. Guess who got swept by the Tigers like last week? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> the Yankees. Those Yankees. <clears throat> um, yeah, but I mean, a big series this weekend. I feel like the talk, talk of the town has not been about this series. Totally should be. Uh, although the Yankees might not bear much competition to this Red Sox team. So we'll see what happens. <clears throat> um, if they sweep, do we do another episode on uh, after the I series? I think we got to like streak the streets of Boston if they win. That's yeah, all you, man. Sweep. We'll do something. If, if do the something Red Sox there. sweep, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll maybe we'll add some more content. Maybe we'll move up the timeline on some shirts. Uh, oh, oh, wow. oh, wait, what? Wait, what? How many times awesome. are we going to be like, we're going to make some shirts? We said that a lot. However, I think, think this is this. We're actually going to do this. Um, if you guys would be ever so kind to give us some feedback on what you'd like to say, I think, what do we, what were we thinking? Like three or four designs kind of. Yeah. So what I'm thinking right now is uh, Garrett Richards, bring the good stuff. <laughs> A uh, just a normal Gone Bridge shirt, little classic logo pocket tee. Yeah, you know, you know, something light, something light. I think we could make like it would be ridiculous if anybody bought this, but if somebody bought like a Notes with Clausen shirt, I would absolutely love <laughs> <afford> that. <laughs> uh, and then I don't know what are you. What else are you guys? What do we? So if we had four shirts and those are our three options, what could we do for a fourth shirt? Um, man, what could we do? Hmm. I don't know. I guess we'd have to we'd have to think about it. I would love to hear. Maybe I'll throw something on the Instagram story for the listeners to uh, give us some feedback. I'm trying to think of what would. I feel like we got like, at some point that like would have filled that gap. Can't if Nick Pavetta makes the All Star team, let's sell Nick Pavetta All Star shirts. I feel like those will already be sold regardless. Should, of you know what we could us. do? We could do we could do Nomar shirts. Nomar better mm, than Jeter shirts. Like yeah. That, that five is greater. Five no, is I, greater I get what you're saying, two. Steve. We yeah. would not be here if it wasn't no. for Nomar. Like five and like their socks colors, and then like greater than sign, and then like two. Two and, in the Yankees logo. Yeah. Two the Yankees. It's a cool shirt. I like that's a good idea. That's yeah. a good idea. I saw actually Clawson sent us a, a TikTok of this guy just arguing about how overrated 
Jeter is. And I'm going to, there's a lot of, a lot of ads right now, Steve, you're going to, uh, wild chat sports had that guy who made the TikTok. Let me, let me pull up his name. Oh, that's right. Pull up his name. I saw that today. He, uh, this guy who made the TikTok. he's a, what's his name? Let's see here. His name is starts with a letter. His name is Frank Michael Smith. So he made this TikTok uh, arguing how Jeter was one of the most overrated players in baseball. And uh, Kevin, our good friend at Wild Chat Sports, interviewed him and it came out with a podcast episode today. So go check that out after you listen to this one. Dude, I'm not saying that we, you know, correlation is not necessarily causation, but ever since we did that episode where that take happened, I was mm-hmm. seeing, I don't know if I've just been looking for it more and my brain just recognizes it more, but the Nomar and Jeter comparison had like a resurgence. No, I saw it a lot more. No, Steve, I, I agree with you. I saw, um, uh, I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm with a couple of my roommates. It was uh, sometime over the winter. Great show. And uh, yeah, Larry David. Yeah, it was some, I'll try and find the clip. I think it's on YouTube. Yes. And this guy was like, he was arguing. He's like, ah, get out of here. Jeter, Jeter sucks. It was the guy that made the headstone. Yeah, he messed up the engraving on his dad's. <laughs> and then his dad was too cheap to fix it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was arguing that Jeter had happened. And all my roommates were like, hey, like, look, it's you should be friends with him because you have the same take. And I was like. Yeah, get Larry David on the show. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get Larry David and uh, like Larry David and like Obama. You guys know how they uh, the I don't know if it's the NBA, but there was that thing with Kobe and Shaq. They sat in those two chairs like really close to each other and just talked out their careers. Yep. We should set that up with Nomar and Jeter. <laughs> Sponsored <laughs> by Conridge. <laughs> It could be like you know, you know those barstool. Um, what Caleb Farley? Yeah, the guy on barstool that does all the interviews. Yeah. Maybe we can do one of those. We'll just sit, 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 uh, Jeter down and just ask him how his career is so much not as good. No, I'm thinking like we're on. It's a Zoom, and we're all three on top, and then below is just like Jeter and Nelmar, right, right next to each other. Right. Yeah, we'll make that. Happen. We all right. Thank I like you. it. Yes, yeah, stay tuned. Shirts, they're going to come soon. They're, they're coming soon. Uh, and if you guys have ideas for, for another shirt, um, maybe maybe a no-free ad shirt, Steve? Uh, yeah. yeah, could be. Yeah. Could be. Maybe. Oh, you know what? Maybe a Dick's Archaeologist shirt. <laughs> Dick's Archaeologist <laughs> Services Let's shirt. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can make hats. Yeah, and just say like dicks with a dinosaur fossil on it. I bet his logo, it should be like the top of a shovel and a little, mm-hmm. but it will also look like something else, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Maybe it can be like a like a dinosaur, like holding a shovel like this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like... For those of you listening, since you can't see this, just imagine the name and where Clausen may have. <laughs> may or may not have held the shovel. Anyway. Boston, you got any notes for us? Of course. Um, go check out 
<laughs> the Wild Chat Sports YouTube page because there's a nice interview of Andrew Gardner and Steve Peralt. <laughs> I watched that last night and got a, got a nice kick out of it. Nice, well, nice so, young, <laughs> young Andrew so Gardner. My, my first ever – I actually brought this up to Steve when I uh, when I was at the game with him. and I was like, do you like even remember talking to me then? And I, he said yes. I don't know if he actually does, but – uh, Kevin and I, Kevin was just starting up wild chat sports and I was trying to help him out with it. And, um, we had just interviewed like the professor who was uh, like basketball, like social media guy. So I was like, Hey, like, I'm going to DM Steve. Cause I listened to section 10 and Steve said, yes. And so here I am some kid who has never interviewed a single person in his life. Kevin and I interviewed Steve. It was like a week before COVID started. And uh, yeah, highly recommend you not watching that interview because it's really cringy. But you could, could. (laughs) but I will say you could, but I will say it's it's cool to see um, just the improvement. Improvement, it's it's cool. Glossom, um, I got one more cool stat I I ran across when I was on Twitter a couple days ago. Um, actually, this was more than a couple days ago, but it was talking about how Sammy Sosa hit 20 homers in 21 games from May 25th to June 20th in 98 in that of 1400 wait yeah 1421 OPS during that stretch that is all of in in all of 2004 our good friend Barry Bonds had a 1422 OPS crazy I think it's it's impossible it's it still surprises me how good Barry Bonds was. Like the fact that he had a 1400 OPS in the span of a year is just outrageous. Absolutely good. Absolutely. Uh, Put that man in the hall. Put him. Oh, I agree. I agree. Actually, if you want to listen to more about that, check out episode three, three, four. three. Hall three. of Fame debate. It's a good. Good episode. Um, it's an episode for sure. The Alex Cora Impact Player of the Week. Kind of a kind of an interesting week for this. Uh, who wants to Who wants to start it off for us this week? I got one, and I think that he's really one of the only guys deserving of it. Mm-hmm. Probably go with Hunter Renfro. Yep, he's been absolutely tearing the cover off the ball, and like I said earlier in the episode, probably our best offensive player over the past thirty something days. So I'm gonna give Hunter Renfro. What what is a number that I think Hunter Renfro would appreciate? I'm gonna give Hunter Renfro a point seven eight. Don't think he would appreciate that for any particular reason, but it's the first thing that came to my mind. So there you go, Hunter. All right. All right. Um I would give Alex Core Impact Player of the Week to um hmm. There's just not a lot of good uh, good choices here. I'm going to go with the guy sitting behind me at the Red Sox game on Saturday. He just seems like he made too much impact this week not to make an appearance on this list. Uh, he, was, he was rowdy, almost too rowdy. And he, uh, I, you know, he would, he would start saying stuff like – Come on, make that play. And I think that the players really hurt him and that he made made impact. So hold on. I got um, I have a number that I think you should give him. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna see if uh 
if you give it to him and I'm going to let you know what I think you should give it to him. Okay. Um, well, anyway, his, I, I don't know what to call him. I guess I will call him having a good time guy at the Red Sox game behind me on Saturday. I'm going to give him a score of point, point 0.5. Here's what I think you should have gave him. Would have been funnier. I think you should have given him a 0.08 because <laughs> that is the legal limit for blood alcohol content. Hey, you know what? I'm actually going to change he, that. He was probably closer to 0.5 than 0.08. <laughs> probably was. He probably was. It's a good one, Steve. Yeah. Um, my Alex Cora impact player of the week is going to be one Steve Peralt. I'm going to give him the full one because this man has just been outrageous for us this week. And, mind you, he went to the Sox game last Friday and Saturday, and they won both games. So you got to think that the Sox just had a little extra juice when they knew Steve Peralt was in the house. So give the man a full one. He's been doing it all. I like it. I like it. I like it. I got to agree with you. I was – yeah, Steve, again, thank you for everything this week. Uh, Been uh, been big. Been big kid. Um, I'm trying to think. Do we have anything for uh, make baseball fun again segment? Because I... I do. I actually oh, have one. Whoa. Wow! Quick. I have one. Hello. Um, morning wood. The bar stool little like three four minute clip in the morning. Best thing to start your day with. Carabas was talking morning about wood is... morning wood. Yes. <laughs> Dick's archaeology knows all about it. They love to start in the morning. They're early diggers. <laughs> Capitalize on the morning wood. Um, anyways, he was talking about how the home run race this year is just electric. And the best part about it, it's pretty much just Vladdy and Ronald Acuna just going back and forth, like two of the more popular guys in the game, just mashing home runs. And there was one day a couple of days ago where Vladdy took the lead and then like two hours later, Acuna took the lead. And it's just – you can just flip back and forth on these guys and it changes like every day. It's great. I, I agree with that. That it is an electric home run race. I think something that makes it even more electric is that there's a rook in the mix too. There is. Mm-hmm. Adolis Garcia. Yeah. For those who don't know. Guy's a stud. Dude can rake. He's good at baseball. Good at baseball. You know who else is good at baseball? Our fantasy team. Oh, yeah. Get a big uh big win this past week against uh Team Blue Jays today, who uh, may or may not check their fantasy lineup, but we won eight to five to one, which was a little bit too close for my liking, but we still won. Uh, we won in hits, runs, RBIs, stolen bases, average strikeouts, wins, and saves. They beat us in home runs, OPS, holds, ERA, and whip, and we tied in quality starts, meaning that our record is now six one and one, and we are now playing boxy banter, who I made an appearance on. I think it was in March. So go check out Billy's podcast. Uh, I did uh, some pretty cool like fantasy draft stuff with teams, and uh, we're currently beating him seven to six to one. So it should be a should be a tight game. Tight. 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 We got some questions to answer here. Uh, got some questions. Here. Yeah. All right. Ask on bridge. Uh, the first question actually comes in from me. No joke. It comes in from me. 
Break I the posed this question. Yeah, I know. I brought, from me, Andrew oh. Gardner. Yeah, crazy. I you posed think, wait, this wait, question. You think, you think Andrew yeah. Gardner is related to Brett Gardner? I hope not. Uh, I can confirm that he's not. Gardner, maybe you should shave your head and see how big that forehead is. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I actually, I do kind of need a haircut, but I'm not going to shave it all off. I assure you that. What if it um, looks sweet? Oh, God. I'm not doing this again because I already, I'm still waiting on that new Indian's name. And I said right. that if they named themselves the Lindors, I would get a tattoo. Okay, you've already put something on the line. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not wagering anything else of my body until the new Indian's name is revealed. Also, it's so weird to me that next year it's just not going to be the Indians. Yeah, it is going to be weird. Um, anyway, on. my my question, I posed this to Clawson and Stevie P this weekend at Fenway after the Red Sox won. Tessie or Dirty Water? That's a tough question. Really is. Really is. I wonder what the listeners think about it for a second. Mull it over. Yeah. I'll mull it over together. Don't mess this one up. I got my answer. But it's close. It's close. I think I'm ready to share my answer. I said dirty water when I was at Fenway. And then I went back and listened to both of them. And I think if you're at Fenway, it's dirty water. If you're just listening to them, it's Tessie. That is, like, that is, Tessie is a better song. Tessie is okay. a better song. But if you're at Fenway, there's nothing better than hearing dirty water. Oh. I agree. I kind of agree with that because, like, at the end of the game, all of a sudden it's like, it's like, ah, dude, it's like I'm walking out, I'm like getting up from my seat. It's like kind of building up a little bit. And then, like, it's like closing time for cheers. Yeah. Closing. It kind of makes me feel like I'm a part of what's going on. That being said, I still probably would have to, if I could only have one. For any situation, Fenway or not, I'd probably go with Tessie, just because Tessie is too electric of a Tessie song. Is it is hype. Too electric of a song. Can't go. I can't go against it. I think I'm gonna break the mold here. I'm just gonna stick with Dirty Water. I love that song. Um, I don't know Tessie. T- the intro to Tessie though, where it's like the Boston Red Sox are. <laughs> World, World champions. champions for the first Jaws. years. Jaws, W E E I, Red Sox Radio <laughs> Network. Um, an electric intro. Joe hey, whoa, whoa. Did you just give a free ad? Yeah, he did. I noticed. <laughs> Sorry, that one was paid for by Nesson. Um, no, no, no. It's not so, Nesson. It's the other one. Or W-E-E-I. Are you serious? Wait, wait. You're giving free ads for grocery stores? You just oh. cut an Instacart out? No, buddy, you gotta you gotta understand what Instacart does here. You're gonna have to do a little history lesson after this. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> uh, no more free ads for the, for the rest of the show. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna stick stick with Dirty Water because I uh, I love that song. In fact, <laughs> the Red Sox, I'm gonna expose myself a little bit here. When the Red Sox were on their title run in 2018, like the right after they won the World Series. I made a playlist with four songs. It was sh- actually it's five. I guess what they were. Chip- yeah, actually, I bet you can guess four of them. I bet you can guess four. Of them. Well, you just said shipping up to Boston. Okay, that was one of them. 
obviously Tessie. Yep. I mean, Dirty Water probably is on there. Yep. Sweet Caroline. Yeah, yep. my next guess. New York, New York. No. Really? The last one. I, I guarantee you could guess a thousand songs. And I um, wouldn't be able to guess it. I can I would bet my like I'd bet you like at least two dollars that you wouldn't get it. It was Gold Bottles by Jeezy. Oh yeah, I never guessed that. Yeah, great song. I don't know how that kind of made it into the mix. I kind of would see a lot of like like Carabas would post like the gold gold bottles with like David Ortiz. And I was like, like World Series back on gold bottles. Right. And I found that song and I was just like, I gotta throw this in here just because of the name. And when I went up to the parade, I like literally played that playlist. I probably listened to each song like 10 times. Pure electricity though, but I'm going to go with Dirty Water. Good question. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, next question. Wait, not Nate, you. Good, good question, Gardner. <laughs> ah, thank you. Next question comes in from Nate. Oh yeah, Nate has the same last name too. A lot of gardeners. Uh, he you said, a, Gardner? I don't know. This is our question to Nate. Are you, you know what? To My Gardner? question to Nate. I'm flipping the script here. Are you related to Brett Gardner? Gone Bridge <laughs> asks you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to pick one random listener and ask you a question. You get back to us on that. Um, Nate asked, assuming Sale replaces someone in the rotation when he returns, which starter do you think would function best as a long reliever slash spot starter? Uh, Perez. Awesome. Martin Perez. No, I no, got a different answer. I think there's an obvious answer. I think it's – you want to say it at the same time, Steve? Yeah. Ready? All right. Three, two, one. Evaldi. What did you say? Evaldi. No. I also said Evaldi. Okay. It's right. not Evaldi. No, it definitely is. Oh, it is Evaldi. I'm going to give you two reasons why it is made Evaldi. First of all, the way he phrased the question is functions best, quote unquote, functions best as a long reliever slash just reliever. That doesn't mean that, like, I would think it makes the most sense for the Red Sox to put Nate Evaldi into the bullpen, especially because we're paying him a zillion dollars. I should, you know, not a zillion dollars. That, that's the exact number. He's yeah. not wrong. Right. The two reasons that I think Nate Evaldi would function best. And I think it's a little bit similar to the Joe Kelly situation in its velocity. Nasty Nate's got the most velo right there. Guy throws, can touch like 100. If he only is going like a couple innings and he knows it, I think he can just cash out and be like, I'm going to throw as hard as I can right now. Because I think when he's starting, he, he likes to sit a little bit closer to 97, 98-ish. Because he's got to go however many innings he's got to go. But if he's just coming in for a couple, two, Maybe he's, he's probably going to get a hundred every single time on the gun. Second reason why is because we saw him put in one of the best long relief relief performances of all time in the world series. He saved our bullpen and that's why we're paying him a zillion dollars. So made a ball. One zillion. Um, I say Perez for two reasons. Number one, I think that he, and maybe this was just a trend in the beginning of the season, but he doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to go deep into games. Like, I think you can get four or five solid innings out of Perez. And I also think, oh, shit, my nose is started bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Roll with the punches here. Uh, <laughs> this is no. All right. Uh, this is like in uh, the, the nest. <laughs> All right. Roll with the punches. 
I also think that Perez Sorry. would have an absolutely electric entrance song. What would it be? It would probably be some like mariachi music, but I think it would just like get the people. It would just like transition into like trap music. I think it would just get the people going. Like a mariachi trap remix. Yeah, that's good. Someone had that on the team. I forget. Uh, who was it? Uh, can't remember. Yeah, Clawson, you go. You go take. Care I'll take of care. This will be back. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm actually. I'm actually gonna piggyback right off Clawson's point here. Um, he said that Perez. <laughs> he said that Perez. You, you can't imagine going late into games, which is why I think Avaldi would be the perfect guy to go into the pen because can you imagine this Perez for like five innings, five solid innings Avaldi for the six workman slash Salamora for the seventh Ottavino for the eighth Barnes for the ninth. You cannot tell me there's a better like bullpen there. That's completely as locked down as you can get. I mean, with the arms that we have currently available, I would totally agree with that. The fact that Clausen so, started bleeding yeah. is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Clausen, are you that girl from like Stranger Things? Nah, I get a lot of nosebleeds though. Knock on wood, I've never had one. <laughs> yeah, the elevation really? of Massachusetts. I get, I get them quite often. You can, I'll trade with you. All right. We have one other question to answer. Comes in from our man, Brandon. Our guy. Yeah. He asked. Uh, hold on. I gotta find it here. Come on. Sorry. Come on. Um, Lord, I can't find it. (laughs) Okay, here we go. I found it. (laughs) At this point of the season, who would each of you like to acquire via trade to help with the needs of this team? (laughs) I wish. I read that question earlier and I would have had like an answer prepared. Yeah, I kind of agree. Is it just like anybody? There. Yeah, like literally anybody, like Clayton Kershaw. Who would I like? Or who who would I realistically who, who realistically could you like see a straight? All right, well, who would I like? I would like Shohei Otani on this team. Who do I realistically <laughs> think we might be able to acquire? Uh Probably like a veteran fourth outfielder would be cool. Don't really have anyone in particular in mind currently because I am ill prepared for this segment. And that's pretty much it. Maybe like a lefty arm in the bullpen, but other than that, um, I would say the obvious answer is Shohei, but I'm gonna also say Chris Bryant because you could move him over to first. You can also kind of stick him in the outfield too. So, oh, yeah, he could be a fourth outfielder because he plays the corner outfielders. I think that, I mean, the Cubs got literally nothing for you, Darvish. So, unless they've learned their lesson from getting literally nothing for you, Darvish, one of the better pitchers in the league, maybe we can get Chris Bryant for close to nothing too because he hasn't had a good year since he's the MVP outside of this year. I would like Chris Bryant. I agree. I, I think that's a pretty good one. I don't know if we'd be able to re-sign him, but just as a rental. Definitely not. No. I think I may have found the perfect player. Like, the perfect player. Meets all the criteria. Okay. This guy plays is an outfielder. He's a lefty bat. 
plays for a really, really bad team. Oh, boy. Is it Benny? No. Oh. <laughs> no. He's a free agent after this year, which means that, you know, a team could probably be seen trading him. And he's got player options for the next two years. And that guy, who also has tons of experience leading off, is Charlie Blackman of the Colorado Rockies. I think that Charlie Blackman would be an excellent fit for this team. Top of the lineup, we're missing that leadoff guy. A little lefty bat, a little, a little uh, Blackman to Verdugo. You know, he's not the player that he used to be, so we're not going to have to give up like a king's ransom. And if you do remember, the Cardinals are actually paying $0 for Nolan Arenado to play for them this year. So I don't think the Rockies really know how to trade. I don't know what that was. Uh, But I think Charlie Blackman would be a really good, really good piece. I think that's a great, great idea, honestly. I mean, like you said, he's not the player he used to be. He's not really producing at an extremely high level this year. But, but like, he's still – he's 30. He'll be – by the trade deadline, he'll be 35. This year he's hitting 250, three home runs, got a 7.260 – or, geez, wow, what was that? 7.26 OPS, uh, 92 OPS plus. So, like, he's a little bit below, like, league average this year. But, I mean, you look like the last – the last, uh, you know, literally since 2012, he's hit above 280 every single year. So, yeah, I mean, black I that, that's a good idea. And there's a couple things that could possibly make it work out even better. And you got to keep in mind that he's going to be in a better lineup with more protection. Yeah. Rocky's lineup stinks. Maybe having Dougie and Xander right after him or JD right after him, like maybe that will give him a little bit more protection. Maybe just knowing that he can possibly make a deep playoff run with a contending team might also uh, motivate him to perform a little bit better too. So I think that's a pretty good idea, Andrew. Yeah. Pretty good idea. Thanks, Steve. Very Close good. out the ninth. Close out the ninth. What do we, uh, what do we got? All right. Uh, I got something closing out the ninth. So um, some of my Friends from school, our friends actually, all of us um, have a little blog website going on. It's called uh, Red Door Reads. You can find our podcast linked there. If uh, I don't understand, I don't, you probably there's no reason really for you to go through that website for our podcast, but check it out anyway. But check it out. It's the, probably the first and last time I'll ever mention it. There you go. My closing out the ninth thought is that the Red Sox are currently still winning, which is good, confirmed good. Uh, it is the top of – or the bottom of the six. Prez is still in, and uh, the Red Sox are still 3 nothing. I would also like to give a quick shout-out to our man, Ben, from Pennsylvania. Um, thanks for being a loyal listener, man. We really appreciate it, and uh, – yeah, hope you continue to enjoy the show. My closing out the ninth thought is that Sawamora has quite – his entrance music is Sandstorm. The rude Dude, Sandstorm. That is, wasn't that Koji's too? No, I'm, no. I'm pretty sure that was Koji's. Was it? Yeah, I actually – my first ever Snapchat memory from 2016, Koji coming in to save a game. And it's Druid Sandstorm. So I'm pretty sure that was his. Sandstorm just gets the people going, and it surely got me going for Sawamura. So mm-hmm. 
I don't know who's got a better uh, entrance song than that, but Sandstorm is hard to beat. As much of a meme as that song is, it's it's yeah, I think it's actually kind of good. It's a great song. I think it's kind of good. Any other thoughts uh, before we wrap this thing up? It's been a it's been a good week. Yeah, first uh, first ad shirts coming up. Um, yeah, been a been a good week. Send us questions. Send us more questions. Uh, we're always looking for that. But anyways, we appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, if you jo- enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gombridge Podcast and Twitter at Gombridge. Don't forget to download the podcast because that really helps us out a lot uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will be back next week with episode 35. See ya. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Gardner, Gardner is not in the top left of my screen anymore. This is I got him. Yeah, this is weird. Uh, all right, he's moved. All right, everybody's all right, moved. Steve's down in the bottom. Yeah, where right where I belong. Yeah, I'm going back Wait, up oh, here. I can't move myself. What the hell? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you totally. Can. Oh, there it goes. All right, now, now we're in form. All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. What is this, episode 34? Yeah. Look at this. All right. 34. Here we go.